0: The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical healthcare provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk real talk about breast care. When we think about breast health, we think about breast cancer as well. In 2018, there were 18.1 million new cases and 9.5 million cancer-related deaths worldwide. One of the most common cancer for women is breast cancer. Joining us is Dr. Nancy Gant, a board-certified general surgeon who specializes in breast diseases and women's health here in the Northeast Ohio, Youngstown, Ohio area. She will bring her 20 plus years of experience and expertise and discuss breast health, breast cancer, and what we need to know in order to take care of our breasts and age gracefully. All this and more on it's all about health and fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicky Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks-Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks-Bright. How are you today?
1: Hi. doing?
0: I am doing fine and it's a little bit warmer today, don't you think? It is Mm -hmm.
2: a lot bit warmer. Yeah, I'm I'm noticing the snow starting to melt a little bit and that's good. I think it's going to be this way tomorrow. Okay. Uh, But then I think we're going to go down to some cold weather but I think I was looking at the forecast and it looks like we might be coming ourselves out of this by the end of February.
0: That's a good thing because uh, yeah. I was getting sick of driving and seeing my my oh, car thing saying nine degrees.
2: <laughs>
0: how was it driving to Kent? Oh, it was a Kent it was a it was a tri- it was a trip, down the I'm sure. But they did close Kent. Remember that real bad snow that Thursday uh-huh. and Friday? Uh-huh. They closed it down, and you could the mm-hmm. whole all the campuses because I could see the next week. Why? Because even with our parking lots, you could see big piles of snow, you know, yeah. yeah, it was something, yeah yeah, so but I had my class, one of my classes, I just uh slid on over here to the office and mm. then just met everybody mm. online, and we had yeah. not the dance class, but we had the um the dance mechanic, like the you know the anatomy uh-huh. fizz kind of class, uh-huh. the uh-huh. dance mechanics class, we went ahead and just. Did our lecture and everything online. We kept it moving. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yep, you got to keep it moving. That's keep it. it moving. That's it. But yeah, we were we were snowed in, you know. We were mm. snowed in. A lot of hot chocolate and some wine. I guess we ain't supposed to be doing too much today. I, I, I guess
2: not. But, you know, everything in moderation. As everything they in
0: moderation. Everything that's exactly.
2: Everything in moderation, as they say
0: as they say. And so this is episode 225. And today we talk about breast care and the proactive measures that we can do to take care of our breasts. And when we think about breast health, we think about cancer as well. And according to the NIH, cancer is among the leading causes of death worldwide. In 2018, there were 18.1 18.1 million new cases and 9.5 million cancer-related deaths worldwide. By 2040, the number of new cancer cases per year is suspected to rise to 29.5 million and the number of cancer-related deaths to 16.4 million. The most common cancers, and this is listed in Um, descending order according to the estimated new cases in 2020. So the most common cancers, number one would be breast cancer, lung and bronchus cancer. Then we got prostate cancer, colon and rectum cancer. We got melanoma of the skin, bladder cancer. And remember we were talking with um, Dr. Pugh and she was saying that for hairdressers, bladder cancer was very common isn't that crazy? Yeah, because of all the toxins. The toxin. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So bladder cancer is common, non-Hodgkin lymphoma. We got kidney and renal pelvis cancer, endometrial cancer, leukemia, pancreatic cancer, thyroid cancer, and liver cancer. Now, prostate, lung, and um, colorectal cancers account for an estimated 43% of all cancers diagnosed in men in 2020. For women, the three most common cancers are breast, lung, and colorectal. And they will account for an estimated 50% of all new cancer diagnosis in women. And that was in 2020, as of 2020. Now, according to the NCI, which is the National Cancer Institute, based on current incident rates, 12.9% of women born in the United States today will develop breast cancer at some time during their lives. This estimates means that if the current incident rate stays the same, a woman born today has a 1 in 8 chance of being diagnosed with breast cancer at some time during her life. However, on the other hand, the chance that she will never have breast cancer is 87.1%, or about seven and eight. And so today, we are focusing on breast health and what we need to know to take care of our breasts as we age gracefully.
2: Those are uh, amazing because I've seen over the years it's gone from like 1 to 10 now to 1 to 8.
0: That's, in, that's very interesting. Yes. So probably because of us more screening, also with us more focusing on what to do with our lifestyles because now there's all kinds of, you know, there's lifestyle medicine. That's a part of, you know, the medical world now. They used to didn't have all these different, you know, association that is, that's really focusing on our lifestyle, you know, over yeah, the years. Yeah, we didn't
2: have any of that in medical school. We didn't, we didn't focus on all of that stuff in med school, no.
0: And now we are, we, you know, we're joining ranks. I could say joining what coalition I would say uh, with yeah. the with the um, different organizations and cancer nutrition. We're all working together how we should, right, as a team. Right. So. Um,
2: multidisciplinary.
0: That's the word. Joining us is Dr. Nancy Gant, a board-certified general surgeon who specializes in breast diseases and women's health. Dr. Gant is the co-medical director of the Joni Abdu Comprehensive Breast Care Center at Bond Secures Mercy Health here in Youngstown, Ohio. At Mercy St. Elizabeth Youngstown Hospital, She serves as the Associate Director of Resident Education and as the ACS, which is the American College of Surgeons, COC, which is Commission on Cancer, Cancer Liaison Physician. Dr. Gant has been in practice for more than 20 plus years, and she brings her expertise to discuss breast health, breast cancer, and the latest treatment modalities for breast diseases and so we can't wait to talk with her later on in the show right Dee?
2: absolutely i'm really looking forward
0: to this oh yeah definitely now folks make sure you subscribe to this podcast it's all about health and fitness vikido fitness on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify or on any of the platforms that you listen to to your podcast. When you subscribe, you will be notified first. When we post a new show, you will be able to listen, learn, and experience our shows where we bring in other guests, like today, right? Dr. Nancy Gant. You know, we bring in other guests and talk about the things that are important for our health and our well being and our community. And as you know, we do not just talk about our physical health but we talk about things that we can do to preserve our mental health as well. And we believe here at Vicky Doe Fitness, we believe in total well-being, having a holistic approach to healthy living. So make sure you do not miss any of our shows and subscribe today. And last but not least, go on Apple Podcasts, rate us, give us a 5 Star rating and review this show because it is how we grow and increase our listeners, and we appreciate you. And as always, what do we say, D? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you for your support. Well, D, you know, hey, you know, I said the other week, I said last week that this is the love month, you know what I mean? So we got. <laughs> Yes, yes. We got to keep that peace and love flowing, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's Valentine's Day, and so mine's was kind of low-key. Valentine's
2: Day was kind of low-key. Mine was low-key. How about
0: yours? Mine's was low-key as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just um, um, Nate always, you know, remember to bring those big flowers. So I I had a knock on the door late on this evening, yesterday evening. Well, when, whenever uh, the fourteenth was, so the day before yesterday, uh-huh. and I was like, because you know me, nobody. Probably in your house too. Very few people come to the front door. They always go to the side or the different exactly. door. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. My
2: breezeway door. Right.
0: Yes. When I heard the knock on the front door, I was like, "Who's at the front door?" I mean, <laughs> should I even answer uh, it? You know? So I went. <laughs> I went ahead and answered, it, and it was the guy that I always know, Goldie's. You know, Goldie's flowers. You sure. know, Goldies. okay. I- one of their sons helped deliver uh, a lot of things oh, you know okay. yeah yeah oh, yeah all right. So he was like, "No, yeah. I came to the front. just to check and see if you were were home." But I'll pull around. So yeah, he pulled around. <laughs> you know, I say, "Yeah, you you because you know you know ain't nobody coming through the front door. Uh-huh. What's wrong with you?" And it's hard
2: to get to my front door. I oh, me I too. I haven't cleaned off the sidewalk. It's all full of snow. So snow you know, and all that. Come around to the side and, or, the, or the garage door. I'll open that up so people can come in. But that whole front part is all covered
0: with snow. Mine too. Yeah. I got all kinds yeah. of stuff. So. So, yeah but it was yeah. it was great and so yeah oh, that's good you know that's february good. is that's is good. is rolling out of here you know very soon it
2: is you mm-hmm. know i mean this is february the 16th a little bit over the halfway point because it's february this it is not leap year so we mm-hmm. don't have that extra day mm-hmm. so yeah um you know, I just, I like to breeze through February because then mm-hmm. it's my birthday month. So, yes, and what? Uh, when is
0: your birthday month? In March? March
2: the 10th. Okay. Yeah, March the it's time for those Pisces to be coming in here and it's time <laughs> to leave those Aquarians uh, back there. Yeah, it's time for us to swim on into March with some, some spring flowers and, and so forth. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I have yeah. two of my brothers, their um, birthdays, Andrew... And T. Their birthday's in um, February. March? February. Oh, February. Okay, so
2: mm-hmm. they're Aquarius. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Oh and,
0: you know, we, we give them, because I'm a Leo, we give them a side eye, like, I okay. Say, you are, right. <laughs> you and Natalie,
2: right? Aren't Me you and, Natalie,
0: Leo? yes, and Nate. And Nate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah.
2: Because August
3: is a big
0: month. August is a big month, you know, and we can backtrack and understand why. But you know, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move yeah. on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, how was your week then, D? What you? What did it you do?
2: It was good. Um. So we went out to dinner. Um. But mainly, you know, my weekends offer so. Uh, I just want to rest so much that we really just kind of went to dinner and then just watched chill. a lot of the Olympics. Big time, Watch, big time. I'm a huge winter Olympics. Me person, too. Me so too. We just kind of had a fire and looked at uh, uh, the Winter Olympics and just tried to, you know, just tried to chill. That's you know, it. Just, just chill. I did go. One thing I did do was Professor Al Bright. Yes. Professor Al Bright. He had a, a wonderful exhibition. Luzona has uh-huh. a wonderful exhibition of his work that I hadn't even seen. Okay. Uh, many of you out there know that I was formerly married to Al, uh-huh. and these works were done in 1986 before we were married. And Zona okay. has a show at the Butler Institute of American Art now called uh-huh. The Federal Years, Bright, The Federal Years. And okay. it's for Black History Month, and there are 10 beautiful works in there. Okay. So that's definitely a must-see. He also but, uh, has for Black History Month another African-American artist. I'm so proud of our museum for the diversity equity and inclusion that dr lou zona has he has, has always been on the forefront of this that's good we have another african-american artist philip smallwood and okay. i happened to meet him last week okay. he came here and he's got some beautiful watercolor works in the butler upstairs so you know uh lou it has always been on the forefront so you got l works by Bright, and then works by philip smallwood at the butler institute of American art in Youngstown, Ohio.
0: All right, so we want to encourage everybody to take a trip down to absolutely our yes, museum. To the yes, mm-hmm. because it's 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 known national, international, worldwide. It is. It
2: is. Yes, it, it is.
3: is. A lot of the works are borrowed
2: nationally and internationally mm-hmm. uh, because of the collection that we have at the museum. So, yeah.
0: Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So what is going on this week, D? <laughs> everything, Vicky, everything. Everything. Yes. yes, you know, we had a lot of stuff going. Not only the Winter Olympics, but we had the Super Bowl. The Whoa. Super Bowl 2022, and wow. the stats tell us that it was the most watched show in 5 years. It had over 112 is that right? million. Oh, wow. Over 112 wow. million people tuned in. That's, That's it. That's fantastic. not that something? So it was between the that Los Angeles fantastic. Rams. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to mm-hmm. um, 20, and it was watched by over 112 million people, you know. Wow. But you know me, I. They were pumped. You know, I didn't watch the game per se. I just did little. I had it on, and I would Uh kind of see the different commercials coming on and stuff because I Uh love the Super Bowl commercials and stuff that they have. Uh But I was Uh tuned in so that I could see the halftime. It was off the chain. It It was
2: off the chain, wasn't it? it it They had had the hype surrounding it, and they delivered.
0: They delivered.
2: Delivered.
0: They delivered, um, yes, yes, it, yes. It was,
2: you know, like I was saying on Facebook, folks, it transcended a lot of different eras. I mean, it mm-hmm. was stuff for folks who were, you know, the baby boomers. And mm-hmm. the, the, the Gen X's. that's
0: and That the, was me. Uh-huh.
2: Gen Zs and, mm-hmm. and all of those different groups.
0: The millennials. Um, mm-hmm. the, the
2: millennials, exactly, because, you know, whatever you... We're doing at that particular time you remembered one of those artists oh big time back in the day back in the um, day and to see how they looked <laughs> fabulous i mean don't they they look fabulous and dr Dre had you know he was the he was the golden he had the golden finger yes he did
0: like
2: people used to people say about maya angelou and oprah winfrey mm-hmm. anything that they touched Turned to gold. Mm -hmm. Anything that Dr. Dre touched turned to gold.
0: Yes, yes.
2: And um, he was just such a good businessman, and all those people on the stage were touched by by Dr. Dre. And you know the 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 the, the rap has evolved. Yes, it has. People used to call it well gangster rap and this that and the other, but. They have stood withstood the test of time and have
3: evolved
0: and it's and mainstream you, now.
3: You just saw. Yeah, it's mainstream, mainstream now. Yes, so all what over you see now.
0: Mm-hmm. And they just
2: look Doctor Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, uh, Kendrick Paris Lamar Stone and Kendrick Lamar. Uh, they were all on stage at the Sofi Stadium in Inglewood
3: mm-hmm. and then
0: Fifty cents. Although some people said seventy-five cents. Oh, well, some no. people said a dollar too. He done doubled. <laughs> some said 75 I said, people. People are mean, aren't they? <laughs> people are,
2: I immediately came out like right after the show. People was, was just, you know, he was going from a Fifty cent to a, a
0: 75 cent to dollar <laughs> And I was like, "But you can't expect that dude. You know, he's doing some. He he's not doing any rapping too much now. He's he's making money no, doing he, films and producing and he stuff. Yeah, is, he is. And eating I mean, and stuff. You know, eating and." and I, <laughs> You know, it's the pandemic, all of us. We've everybody, gained a little something, everybody, something. I mean,
2: everybody, everybody has suffered from the covid fifteen. That's it. Some more than others. But I know that Vivica Fox was looking at him going. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it was kind of like, maybe, maybe you might want to go back in
3: like
0: him a little bit. Okay. Okay. And if you notice, he well, yeah. he later on at the end, he he was the one that put his shirt on because remember he just I he, didn't
2: realize, did he? Okay. yes, he did. I said All I right. think I he kind of realized
0: that he probably should cover up a little bit.
2: Uh, you might want to cover that up, Biddy. <laughs> that was that was too funny. But you know what I missed.
0: Because mm-hmm. I, I may have may have gone in the kitchen. I don't think I left
2: though. Did you see Eminem kneel? Yes. Yeah, but it
0: was so. I, mean, I missed that. Yeah, it was so a part of. It it was so much great stuff happening that I didn't when even did it happen. I didn't even realize that what what they were talking about until the next day when they kept talking about it and stuff. But yeah, he he kneel right after when when Dr. Dre sat at the piano and he was playing. Yeah um Tupac's famous tune. Dun 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 uh-huh. dun uh-huh. Yeah, and so Oh, okay. So it I but that. he That's kneeled really down amazing. after his stuff and continued kneeling while um Doctor Dre, you know, played a, a few chords of um Tupac's huh. um song, you know, Tupac's uh-huh. stuff and then moved on to the next that they were doing. But yeah. And so mm-hmm. I didn't really realize that. You know, it was so much going on, I didn't even think about exactly. him kneeling until after people were talking about it later on. And then I was like, yeah, that is true. He did kneel.
2: Yeah.
0: You yeah. know, yeah. so. I,
2: it completely missed uh, me. And, you know, it, it was, it's kind of interesting you were, you were saying here about after several years of grappling with an assortment of racial controversies, just even within the last couple of weeks, Mm-hmm. With the coaches, the NFL likely wanted credit for showcasing black music, especially hip-hop, the lingua franca of American pop culture, mm-hmm. and showcase it. Mm-hmm. And with the, the superstars, as we, we mentioned, uh-huh. titans with little fear for their reputations, like and that's true. Yes, they I were. I mean, huh? they had nothing to lose.
0: Nope. They were Absolutely out there.
2: Absolutely nothing to lose, and they put it right out there. Um, on that platform, and they recreated the scenes were all like I, I, from what I can gather, I need to go back and look at it. Mm-hmm. All little scenes from Los Angeles, yes. You know, yes. Compton and Inglewood, and just little yes. areas of where they all you know sort of like came from or grew up or yes. flourished or whatever. And Mary J. She, and you know what else I like? Uh-huh. I like and I and this is one thing that I, I've noticed with several of the hip hop. Uh, dancers, did you notice the diversity in the dance? Yes, honey. You know, what I mean, you know, we're not all for, you know, we think that everybody should be healthy and so forth. But the fact that they didn't have Twiggies out
0: there dancing, yeah, like uh, like my one of my brothers said, they had the big girls showing up. They, they had the big girls. They were I showing mean, up. The
2: big girls, you know, and they they were dancing. I yes, mean, they were. You know, they, they were keeping up. They they were dancing, and you know, I applaud them. For the diversity, you know, diversity comes in a lot of different ways. Yes, they do. Yes, it does. In terms of uh, body build and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, something to be, it it shows. You know, I I take my hat off because I. Ray has done that in the past, Mm -hmm. and I know Mary J has done that in the past when I've seen her singers behind her. Mm -hmm. It's a diversity of of women and body habits. That's Uh, it. my hat goes off to them.
0: Oh, big time, big time. Yes, yes. It was great, and yeah, about time for... About time. Yeah, because hip-hop, you know, whether we like it or not, it is a part of our structure and a part of the American culture now, right?
2: It, it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it got a bad rap, but I'll have to tell you, and I stand to be corrected, mm-hmm. white kids were into rap in some yes. respect, just alongside the black kids. Yes, big time. And maybe sometimes even more.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. So, you
2: know, it was always associated with, well, you know, but the people that were buying the records and spending the money,
0: were mainstream yeah, white, kid, white kids?
2: Yeah, way before you we realized it because yes. I remember there were times driving down the street I look over and it was a white kid in the car with loud music and it was rap.
0: Yes, yes.
2: So you know this genre has definitely evolved from a demographic standpoint. So, yes, it has. Good for them.
0: Good for them, you know. And <laughs> that was uh, the they say that's the that was the best show. I'm telling you, I was up on my I feet. <laughs>
2: Me, too. Me, too. I think Reverend Macklin said it the <laughs> next morning. He said, if you hear a snap, crackle, and pop, it's not your
3: Rice Krispies. It's your bones. <laughs> it's so funny. Big time. It's not your Rice Krispies. Oh, that's funny.
2: <laughs> it's your bones. From it's, all the
3: dancing you were doing at halftime,
0: so you need to sit down. <laughs> Definitely, but yeah, oh, that's, that's that it is funny. That's funny. Well, we move on. You know, yes, we are still doing the Winter Olympics in Beijing, yeah. China. And as yeah. of now, when I checked today, Norway has the most okay. medals so far. U.S. has eight gold, seven silver. Okay four bronze mm-hmm. and a total of 19 so far okay, and, okay. and and yeah we, we we really give kudos to the American Erin Jackson Erin yes. yeah Jackson yes yes
2: yeah she mm-hmm. won the 500 meter speed skating and it was interesting her story is that she was not going to go mm-hmm. she didn't I think she was fourth or whatever and mm-hmm. her teammate sacrificed her position Mm -hmm. so that Erin could be in that spot. And you know how this good karma, as it turns out, one of the other people couldn't go, so this young lady who gave up her spot Mm -hmm. was able to go and skate in the team competition. So it was like one of those really feel-good type stories.
3: Yes,
0: yeah. And it paid off. Yes, it did. It
2: did. And she won gold. And Mm -hmm. she's the first woman to win a, a because I was looking back, too, a speed a speed skating goal at the Olympics since Bonnie Blair. I remember Bonnie Blair oh, yeah. dominated it from the American standpoint in the 90s, 1984, yeah. as well as the first black woman to win an individual medal in speed skating at the Olympics. Remember, there was a young black man who did yes. speed skating yes. at the last Olympics. But this young lady, is the first time, so she finished 0.08 seconds ahead of Japan's Miho Mm -hmm. Tagaki in Mm -hmm. second and 0.1 seconds ahead of the Russian Olympic Committee's Angelina Glokova in third. So, yeah.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah,
2: good for her. Good for her. her.
0: Yeah. So we will continue on looking at the, uh, because I was looking at some of the um, free skating last night. Yes,
2: me too. I'm, I'm glued to it. We can talk about that next week, the upshot of, of all the uh, controversy and all of that. But I'd like to see how things end, who wins, and so forth. I and, mean, you know, I love ice dancing. Too. Me too. I not enough of that. Oh, yeah. But I love ice dancing. So hopefully we'll be able to see more of that before it ends.
0: I, I watch, you know, I love the snowboarding, the half pipe and Sean White. Me? Sean White retired, oh, yes, he retired, yes. I saw
2: that, he retired and he was crying, and it yes. was just so sad and so poignant that,
0: mm-hmm. I think
2: he was in five Olympics, isn't
0: that um, crazy,
2: and they were, they were showing the pictures of his evolution, you know, when he had the long On hair, hair yes, long hair back <laughs> in the day, and he was this wild kid, and this half-tight competition and stuff, and he's evolved into this man now, and you know, gave it. That's
0: another one of those feel good stories. Yes, yes, yeah. He he made it to the final, but he just couldn't. He did. Yeah, because he no. had all of those those folks that he had that that, that were his proteges. They they. <laughs> yeah,
2: you up against young kids. Yeah. You know, you up against these young kids,
0: and what about that
2: young woman? Mm-hmm. Oh, her, her name was. Kim, I can't think of her first name, Mm -hmm. She from the United States. Oh, Chloe. I think her name was Chloe. Chloe. Chloe Chloe Kim. mm -hmm. And she had taken her medal, her last medal, and thrown it in the trash can because Mm -hmm. it was causing so much mental anguish and stress, and she had to get herself together, like Simone Biles and all of them, Mm -hmm. and then finally took it back out. I mean, it was kind of like a symbolic thing. And she won.
0: She won, Yeah. She won gold. Mm-hmm. She won, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, it's it's. I just love watching the Olympics and all of that. Me too. Yes. Me too. Now we Me still got too. people testing positive, and then they can't be up in there. They take them out. Don't I think?
2: mean, it, well, it, how unfair to the other athletes? I know. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. how how unfair? They. If this morning I was listening on the. And they found three different drugs. I mean, now, how do you accidentally take three different drugs? I know. I, I just, I, I don't know what to say. There's just, you know, it's kind of interesting. She skated. I watched it early in the morning because I, I started watching, early, so I could see it firsthand as opposed to waiting in, late in the evening. And she skated yesterday, the young Russian 15-year-old
0: girl. Okay, and that, was that, that was Vicky. tested with stuff, yeah.
2: Johnny and Tara were silent. Oh, really? They were silent. She came on, skated. She cried and she went off. And Johnny said, Johnny Weir said, all I can say is that was so-and-so, so-and-so who skated her short short program, whatever. Mm. And Tara says, that's all we can say.
0: Wow. There it is. That was deep
2: because you know usually during the performance. Oh they yeah, they'd be, they be saying, a "Yes, or yes." They were silent. silent. Because you know these athletes understand what it takes to get to that level,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: when you see somebody that's allowed to have an unfair advantage from a country where that historically they've had these issues,
0: anyway, it just puts a
2: bad taste. It, anyway, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth. You know, you just go like you. you you know, mothers have sacrificed getting up early in the morning, taking these kids to all these lessons and all these meets and all this this that and the other, and the money and the time and your life. Like one of the one mm-hmm. of the gamers said, "This has been my life." Yes. And so it just you know it's just a whole. So I like the way they handled that. They didn't bad mouth her or anything. They just said this was so and so, and this is her short
0: skating performance or whatever, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. we will be watching. We
2: shall see. We'll, you, and, we'll,
0: we'll continue to follow. And you you heard, you saw um, what's her name, the one that they said that she couldn't do the Olympics because she she smoked her little uh, whatever she did. She tested for yeah for marijuana and stuff. And what was her name? Yeah,
2: Richardson. Richardson. Shikari Richardson.
0: Shikari. Yeah. Remember, she yeah. was saying something, how yeah, unfair that allowed, was.
2: Yeah, and she wasn't out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, you just see the discrepancies and the whatever. You mm-hmm. know, and those who are allowed to participate and compete. I mean, I think Michael Phelps said he smoked marijuana. You know, and then he couldn't, couldn't, so, he couldn't
0: compete that time too, right? Right. Michael exactly. Phelps, yeah, he so couldn't compete exactly. as a swimmer as well, yeah.
2: Exactly, exactly. So there it's we go. Double standards, you know.
0: There it is. There it is. So we'll be watching that, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So then what's the latest, Dee? What's the latest out there? Well, i got some
2: really exciting news. I was just looking at the latest statistics, and I want to give a comparison. Okay. So where were we in terms of new? I want to show you how fast this is dropping. Okay. So January the 25th, 2022, this is Ohio. Our average new cases were... 4,163 with a seven-day average of 14,474. Okay. Where were we yesterday? New cases, 2,121, seven-day average, 2,666. Okay. Just in less than a month. It is Dropping, as
0: they say, dropping like it's hot. Dropping like it's hot. So the so COVID nineteen like this variant is it is it is it in general or is it just?
2: It's in general because Omicron is it now.
0: So Omicron is it? Is it
2: correct? Now there is another one called Stealth Omicron that's out there. Haven't heard very much about it. And from what I can glean, it's not going to be like this Omicron. It's going to be another one of those mild kind of virulent kind of things. And, you know, as I talk to my colleagues, and we, I, think we, I think we can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Now, it's not time to do a victory lap. It's not time to yank your mask off and run around and do all of this. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We certainly see it in the hospital. Wow, you definitely see it in the hospital. So yeah, That's a hang good thing.
0: on a little bit longer.
3: Hang on a little bit longer.
0: Okay, I've been saying to myself, hmm. Even when the pandemic ends, you know, I kind of like wearing my mask when I'm around. I do too, to be honest
2: with you. To be quite honest with you, uh-huh.
0: yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, certain yeah. places. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if if I'm going on to the airport and stuff, I think I might keep my mask on. You know, Correct. yeah. But yeah, well, thank you D. Thank you D. That's good you news. You're so welcome. Yes, that's good news. Hi everyone. This is Dr. Vicky Haywood Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co, doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at to find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Today we talk about breast care and the proactive things that we can do to take care of our breasts. When we think about breast health, we also think about breast cancer as well. And according to the NCI, which is the National Cancer Institute, based on current incident uh, rates, 12.9% of women born in the United States today will develop breast cancer at some time during their lives. This estimate means that if the current incident rate stays the same, a woman born today has about a 1 in 8 chance of being diagnosed with breast cancer at some time during her life. Joining us is Dr. Nancy Gant a board-certified general surgeon who specializes in breast diseases and women's health and is the co-medical director of the Joni Abdu Comprehensive Breast Care Center at Bond Secures Mercy Health here in Youngstown, Ohio. She would talk with us on breast health and breast diseases and the latest prevention and treatment strategies for us to think about. Now, let's listen to our interview with Dr. Nancy Gant. Now here with us today is Dr. Nancy Gant, a board certified general surgeon who specializes in breast diseases, medical education, and women's health. Dr. Gant is a professor of surgery at the Northeast Ohio Medical University and the co-medical director of the Joni Abdu Comprehensive Breast Care Center Bond Secures Medical Health System in Youngstown, Ohio. Professionally, she focuses on the inclusive interdisciplinary care of breast disease and surgical education. At Mercy St. Elizabeth Youngstown Hospital, she serves as Associate Director of Residence Education and is the ACS, American College of Surgeons, uh, COC, which is Commission on Cancer, Cancer Liaison Physician. Dr. Gantt is uh, the past president of the Association of Women um, Surgeons and the Ohio chapter of the American College of Surgeons. Dr. Gantt recently completed her term as Ohio at large governor of the ACS, the vice chair of the executive committee of the ACS Board of Governors and inaugural BOG diversity pillar lead. She is a consultant to the BOG diversity pillow and serves on the ACS Board of Regents Committee on Racism and an associate examiner for the American Board of Surgery. Dr. Gant has been in practice for more than 20 years and Dr. Gant is here, she is here with us to talk about breast health, breast cancer and the latest treatment modalities for breast cancer. So how are you today, Dr. Nancy, Dr. Gant?
1: Uh, I am wonderful. Thank you so much for this invitation to share accurate information with our community
0: all right right
1: yeah we're excited to have you here because
2: you know we have heard so much about covid for the last however many months it's you know it's it's time now to talk about some other diseases that impact a lot obviously a large portion of our population and i think that you know uh, breast cancer and, and diagnosing breast cancer and breast diseases has taken back everything has taken a backseat to COVID. So we really appreciate you coming on today, as you said, to get more trusted messengers to um, give information out to our
3: community.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, tell us your story, Dr. Gan, and how you decided to become a surgeon specializing in breast diseases.
1: Well, it's been kind of a circuitous path, and I think both of you ladies have probably had not direct paths to where you've ended up.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So in college, I had thought I wanted to be a veterinarian because I love animals, and then I found out I was allergic to cats. So I thought oh. that might not work, so I decided <laughs> that I, I love biology, love, love, love biology. So went into medicine, anticipating going into primary care so I could take care of all age groups. And was at University of Chicago, which has a very, very strong surgical heritage. And when I scrubbed on my first case, I was pretty hooked. You know, Mm -hmm. those days really—it was a a very male-dominated field—and I really felt Mm -hmm. I brought something different to the table—a lot more compassion and understanding than a lot of the male physicians, as wonderful as they were at what they did. Mm-hmm. I think as women, we bring a lot more to the table. Uh, I trained at the University of Pittsburgh. I actually thought I might want to be a transplant surgeon and mm, was a little bit dissuaded from that. It was really such a busy transplant center. It was overwhelming. And I really I really like developing relationships with my patients. So I met this cute guy at a scrub sink, uh, Ray Boniface. <laughs> And he was coming back to his hometown, Youngstown, to his home hospital where he was born, St. Elizabeth, Uh (laughs) to practice orthopedic surgery with his brother, Tom, who was finishing his residency in Columbus at the same time. So they came back here, and I came back a year later. at that point, I was really interested. I love general surgery. I was trained to be a general surgeon. I love all aspects. If you'd ask me at that time, um, what other career path I might go into, it was surgical oncology. I really loved oncology. I was uh, I was too tired to do a fellowship. Our our training in those days in the 80s was very different than it is now. So. I opened a general surgery practice, solo private practice, general surgery, and stayed in that for a long time, and gradually, my practice evolved to primarily breast disease, and it was a, really a reflection of my exposure as a resident, the um, NSABP, which is the National Surgical Adjutant Breast and Bowel Project, so that's the huge research consortium
3: mm-hmm.
1: based in Pittsburgh, where... You know, Through that, we realized that women did not have to lose their breasts, that they could Mm -hmm. simply have lumpectomies and radiation. And Mm -hmm. through that, we realized we don't need to take out all the lymph nodes. We can only take out a few. And I really didn't realize the seeds that were planted in me during my residency. And the opportunity came when we started work on the Joni Abdu Comprehensive Breast Care Center to really provide just the most amazing up-to-date standard of care, breast care, to the women in the Valley. So it was, I felt like I really grew where I was planted. I was in the right place at the right time with wonderful Dr. Abdu who Mm -hmm. raised all the money for the Joni Abdu Center. And it really is such a jewel in our city. We're so blessed.
3: Mm,
0: That's a great story. It
1: really is. It, mm-hmm. it is. its is. Uh, we're so lucky to have that.
2: You know, as I was sitting and listening to you, I'm somewhat older, and I was thinking, you know, you were talking about the me and all of that, and I was thinking about going back to 1970 when I started medical school. And the summer before that, I did a rotation in neurosurgery because I thought I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And I, all I did was scrubbing on, I don't know if you've heard about it, but the hypophysectomies that were done for breast cancer and those sure. days And it was sure. brutal and left nose were taken out. and It was just such a brutal kind of situation to see where things have evolved now so i'm happy to
0: hear that Hmm. yes and so when we think of you know we we talk about breast health and um breast um care but most of us you know most of us when we think of breast diseases we just think of breast cancer. And so to start out before we do go into um, breast cancer, why don't we start out with you telling us in the audience what are some of the other breast diseases that are non cancerous?
1: Oh, they're a lot. Breasts can really misbehave, can't they? They do all sorts of things. They're very busy. Yeah. So you know, we'll see we'll see young women, very young, even in their teenage years with lumps in their breasts, which could be cysts or fibroadenomas, which are benign tumors. We see women with other types of tumors like uh, phylloides tumor, which is, you know, similarly a benign tumor. But we pay pretty close attention to that.
3: Mm -hmm. Women
1: have papillomas, which are almost like little tiny polyps in the ducts, and those Mm. can lead to nipple discharge, and certainly bloody nipple discharge is always Mm. a concern. Mm -hmm. We see a number of women with breast pain. Fortunately, the vast majority of the time, breast pain is annoying but not associated with cancer. I always tell my Mm -hmm. patients that if breast cancer hurt, my job would be really easy. Mm
3: -hmm. But it doesn't.
1: That's why it Mm -hmm. sneaks up on us. Um, Mm -hmm. We see breast infections, right, you know, women that are Mm -hmm. nursing or a lot of our patients who smoke, will get really nasty and annoying breast infections. And then we also, I have a nurse practitioner, Terry Mellington, who's just amazing. And she follows a number of women who are at increased risk for breast cancer because of their family history.
3: Hmm. And
1: then we also follow women who are at increased risk because they've got a genetic mutation that's passed down in their family. So There's a lot of women we see that have issues related to their breasts that are not cancer, fortunately, which it makes our job really nice, too.
0: Mm, Okay.
2: So, you know, as infectious diseases, like I said initially, you know, it's all been about the COVID pandemic. But I was telling Dr. Vicki that, um, you know, what we're seeing now are as COVID is dying, well, it's getting certainly less. Those individuals that didn't come into the hospital that should have, and so have you started to see that in terms of people who kind of didn't take, take care of themselves with their breast screenings and died, and and um, and so forth oh, coming in yeah. now,
1: this is we're actually following this nationally, and the Commission on Cancer, which is organized by the American College of Surgeons, actually did a big study, and we looked at the numbers. So during the lockdown period from March to June of 2020. We we dropped down by about 3,000 mammograms, mm. 3,000, because we do over 1,000 a month. So we were down over mm. 3,000. And then catching up, there are a huge number of cancers that were not detected because people did not get their
3: screening mm. because it didn't
1: immediately pick up. I mean, we couldn't get people scheduled. People mm. were still fearful. Um, It Mm -hmm. was really a slow uptick for the rest of 2020. And we're looking at thousands of cancers nationwide Mm. where there was delayed diagnosis. And it was especially among people of color,
3: Mm. right, Mm. because
1: it's often harder to get those who are less educated in screening, who might not have a Mm -hmm. really close relationship with a primary care provider, you know, Mm -hmm. who don't have the support system, in the midst of a pandemic to get in. So this, just like the COVID pandemic, has affected our our community members of color more than those who are not. So this is Mm -hmm. the problem. This is a problem that we really Mm -hmm. need to get people back in for their screenings. It's really both colon screenings, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And breast screenings and prostate screenings and lung screenings too. Mm -hmm. We, We screen. We screen smokers with a really quick cap scan. So if you're a, a long-term smoker and you have, you know, you you qualify for screening, those numbers dropped way down during during the pandemic period, and there's a huge rebound in the number of cancers that are being discovered. Wow! Wow!
0: Wow! That's something. So I kind of thought that
2: intuitively, but that's uh-huh. kind of interesting how that information is going to, and it's sort of interesting that, mm-hmm. again, you know, when you talk about healthcare disparities, here's another one where um, the COVID pandemic, has, as Dr. Fauci said, t- has taken
1: a scab off, shined a light on a situation.
3: Well, wow. you
1: know, our I've been doing an enormous amount of work on DEI at the national level, and mm-hmm. the one thing I'm looking at, the one thing we look I at is obstacles. I saw a podcast that you did. I saw a podcast yeah. on, mm-hmm. on, on DEI, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, obstacles are there. And mm-hmm. what we need to do is identify those, those obstacles, shine the light on obstacles that people in our community have that might not have been appreciated. And, if, you know, we need, to look at the, we need to look at the silver lining of the pandemic. What's silver lining? Mm-hmm. We've identified disparities. We've identified obstacles. We figured out Zoom. Mm-hmm. We can work from mm-hmm. home.
3: So yes. we,
1: we need to take what we've learned that's positive. We also know it's bad. Shutting down businesses is bad. Keeping kids out of school is bad. So mm-hmm. we we need to take what we've learned. It's been a huge opportunity and just run with it.
0: Oh, I know. I know. That's great. But the but the thing is though. <sighs> Are we going to get out of the pandemic? I keep asking Dr. Yes. D. I'm like, no,
3: no, we, are. no we, are. we are.
2: We are. I'm seeing a we light are. at the end of the tunnel.
0: Okay. Oh,
2: yeah. I agree. I agree completely. I am seeing I a agree. light at the end of the tunnel. I just tell my friends and family and, you know, everybody just hold on a little bit longer. Just hold on a little bit longer and we are going to evolve ourselves out of this situation to becoming where, where we're going from pandemic to endemic. It's coming. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Our numbers have dropped considerably at the hospital. So so that's really good news.
0: Okay. Um, okay, Dee, I'm okay. counting on
2: you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, Dr. Dent, um Vicky has, this, has a question that we wanted to – I was thinking about myself. Uh-huh. Um, and even though I'm a woman, my, I'm, I'm my mother is a breast cancer survivor, 104. So, you know, there's a good story there. She was diagnosed wow. in 1984. But so I was thinking, when I if I were to go and get a mammogram,
3: because
2: mm-hmm. Dr. Um, Vicky has a question, when do they seek care from you? Where, where do you go? So I go and get my mammogram, and I think about this all the time every mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. If somebody calls me and said, you have a suspicious lesion, you know, what's the next step mm-hmm. do we go we, do i call you do i go to my primary
1: care doctor do i call my mm-hmm. an- oncologist what's the step i don't am not sure so that i know it,
3: mm-hmm.
1: well it depends it depends where you have the mammogram so if, if you have your mammogram at the joni abdu center or one of our satellites and your and your provider whoever ordered it whether it was a nurse practitioner your primary care physician your OBGYN Whoever ordered the mammogram, if they order it what we call per protocol, what we do is we will march you right through that day. So you, even if you mm. come in for a screening,
3: mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. You,
1: if our fabulous text, mammotex, notice there's something on there, you'll get converted to a diagnostic, meaning there's a finding, mm-hmm. there's something there, and you will often be marched right through the biopsy the very same day.
3: Wow! Oh, that's fabulous. So
1: it is. It is one stop shopping. It is absolutely fabulous. And if you get a biopsy at the Joni Abdu, you will meet one of our imaging navigators. We have two amazing nurses who have more initials after their names than you know, <laughs> a Colonel in the army. And uh-huh. so, so Amy and Jill are unbelievable, and they will really hold your hand both literally and physically, hold your hand, you know, spiritually and literally, Mm
3: -hmm, through the mm -hmm.
1: entire procedure and provide you with all the information so that if your biopsy were to come back positive, they Mm -hmm. navigate your course as far as the next steps. We like referrals simply because if there is any outside information, the primary care Mm -hmm. doctor or the referring doctor can send it all over. So we can really start creating a dossier for you. Mm -hmm. You know, when someone comes in and sees me, it's often the first entree on their cancer journey. Mm -hmm. So we are totally obsessive-compulsive about getting Mm -hmm. all the accurate information in one place. Because that history and physical, it's not just a history and physical. It's like it's like the the first chapter of the book that is the rest of your life.
3: Mm-hmm. So we
1: make sure it is so good because medical oncology is going to be reading it, radiation oncology, social workers, navigators, therapists. It's it's going to be read by everybody. So we have to get a lot of information together. So we we like referrals, okay. and, but we can facilitate. I mean, if, if you get a diagnosis of cancer through our center, we have imaging navigators, these amazing nurses, that will hold your hand and guide you every step of the way.
0: Wow, that's good. That's good.
1: That's mm-hmm. great
0: information. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So do you still have, I was going to ask this too, but you know how you have the big mammogram van? You, you, still, you still have
1: that? Yeah. Yes, okay. we do. That goes, that goes all over. It's really wonderful. We bring that to doctor's offices that don't have facilities. We bring that to workplaces, to community centers, to assisted living facilities, and it is—it's digital. I mean, it is okay. the same. It's, its We don't. We only do screening. Now that's important. Okay. So mm-hmm. we only do screening mammograms, the type you get every year. Mm. We don't do diagnostics on the van because we don't do biopsies. So if you come mm. in, okay. if, let's say, let's say you feel a lump okay you're Mm -hmm. in the shower you feel a lump or you're laying in Mm -hmm. bed at night this happens all the time Mm
3: -hmm. where women
1: just get a little bit of an itch and they go to scratch and lo and behold there's a lump so Mm -hmm. if that happens then we want to do a diagnostic mammogram per protocol and once again you'll go in and you will be marched right through have everything done that day We don't do MRI the same day Mm -hmm. because MRI requires pre-certification. We don't want you stuck Mm -hmm. with an inappropriate large bill when Mm -hmm. you don't need it. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we will march you right through to biopsy the same day if you come in getting a diagnostic mammogram. And we can't do that on the van.
0: Okay, okay. But, yeah, I was just wondering if, if, you know, you um, still were doing the mammogram van because I would see it. When we would do the African American male wellness walk, I think I saw it one time, even though it was for men, because <laughs> we never right, think I of. I did
2: too. I remember. It. Remember? I remember the and
0: yeah. and we uh-huh. we don't think of men getting breast, you know, cancer and stuff too. But I, I, they, I do. they do. But they do. Yeah,
1: they <laughs> do. Oh my
0: goodness, you and know.
1: They, and they're always so surprised.
0: Right.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, they are. True. So, when we talk about breast screenings, there's always the issue as to what age you should begin and how often and all of that. So, could you tell us that?
1: Isn't that a hot topic? It really Big is. Big time. Isn't it? So, this is where I cannot overemphasize the need to have a primary care provider that you have a conversation with, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because if you are an average risk woman, meaning no unusual risk factors at all for cancer, um, no family, no, you know, late onset of menses, nothing unusual, well, you could probably wait until 45, but we really think you should get a baseline mammogram at age 40 just mm-hmm. to see what we're dealing with.
3: Mm-hmm. Because if
1: your breasts are extremely dense, you have an increased risk of getting breast cancer. So yeah. if we need to know that, really the only way to know that is to do the mammogram. Mm-hmm. For black women, we really are recommending they start even earlier, maybe even thirty five.
3: Mm-hmm. Get a
1: baseline, see where we see where we stand, and then you should really get mammograms every year until at least your mid fifties. You know, the United States Preventative Task Force they came out with recommendations that we were not happy with because they said that if you were at low risk, getting a mammogram, you know, between the ages of 50 and 65 was all you needed. But if you take a good history, most women aren't at really low risk. They really have something in their family history, Mm -hmm. whether it's breast cancer, ovarian Mm -hmm. cancer, some sort of exposure, Or even early onset prostate, pancreatic, something else in the family. Because there are all sorts of interesting genetic mutations that can be inherited
3: Mm. that give
1: you a predisposition to all these cancers. So generally, women should get their first mammogram around 40, probably get mammograms every year up until 55 or 60, Mm -hmm. depending on... What their breasts look like on mammogram, you can then switch to every other year if the mammograms are really good, high quality digital images, and there's nothing there. And we generally continue as long as a woman is in good health and is going to live about ten years. Okay. So you know, some women, as like your mother, who's 104. I mean, come on.
3: I know. Women just
1: live. You know, if you've got that in your family history you Mm -hmm. probably are still going to get mammograms in your late 70s and 80s, right? -hmm, mm -hmm, Because you're going to to live for a while longer. Mm -hmm. The literature shows that once a woman is really in her 80s, the tumors Mm -hmm. are generally, if a tumor develops, it's generally very well behaved. And Mm -hmm. she will not have a reduced mortality if the tumor is discovered by physical exam or mammo. So if a tumor Mm. is found Mm. while she's bathing or while she's checking herself, it's Mm -hmm. the same same prognosis as if it was found on imaging. So generally, we don't do screening images on women in their 80s because it doesn't make a difference as far as mortality.
0: Oh, okay. This is great information. Oh, big time.
2: (laughs) This is fantastic information. Big time. You know, as we talk about... Um Vicky and I on this podcast talk about health and wellness and those things that we can do to improve our our health and wellness if you will, and you know we know that breast health is important. What can you tell us in terms of lifestyle choices, things that we should be doing or not doing or
1: focusing on a little bit more in terms of our breast health? You know they're probably no different than everything that you told your listeners before right Mm
3: -hmm. avoid
1: alcohol alcohol is toxic to the breast Mm. don't smoke eat a healthy plant-based diet Mm. avoid red meat avoid saturated fats you know if if you need to give you know if you need to look something up look up a mediterranean diet right Mm -hmm. you know fish Mm -hmm. nuts grains fresh vegetables, Mm -hmm. you know, olive oil as your fat, or avocado, healthy fats, good choices, exercise, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, Mm -hmm. exercise Mm -hmm. is so important on so many levels. I mean, we all know Mm -hmm. how important exercise is Mm -hmm. to maintain your bone density, to decrease your stress levels. There have actually been papers that have shown that women who exercise regularly and, and are diagnosed with breast cancer have a much lower chance of having metastatic disease.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: what can I say? Right, right now, right? So mm-hmm. probably the same things that you tell people, just healthy habits. When patients when patients ask me what to do after they've been diagnosed,
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know, mm-hmm. I've had breast cancer myself and most patients who've mm-hmm. had breast cancer, most people mm-hmm. we really we don't eat anything we can't pronounce.
3: Mm -hmm. i'll read the label if
1: i can't pronounce something on a label i'm not eating it Mm -hmm. you
3: know Mm
1: -hmm. i i avoid i don't eat meat at all Mm -hmm. that's you know that's a personal choice but Mm -hmm. you know eating meat that has been given antibiotics or hormones if you wouldn't put those in your own body why would you eat them in the why would you eat them right so Mm -hmm. it's all common sense right really all common sense
0: right it certainly is and um exercise too but do you talk about you know i always talk about alcohol too and so when i talk i said you know yeah you know a lot of times we're tempted to get that red wine because we talk about some of the good um, things about red wine but it doesn't mean the whole bottle now
1: come on right absolutely not and and you know it's really you know moderation and everything and you know Mm -hmm. have grape juice Grape juice has the same mm-hmm. good things in it that the red wine mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, alcohol alcohol is you know empty calories. We don't need those mm-hmm. carbs. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's
2: absolutely
0: it. Absolutely right. Let's continue on. This is this is just wonderful. Thank you it so is. much, isn't really it?
2: Julia, thank you so much for coming. I mean, this is great. Yes. So, um, talk
0: about the the breakthrough. Then, are there new yeah, what, treatments? Yeah. Yeah. What
2: are the like, Oh, yeah. I've seen things, you know, I've been in medicine, this is my 47th year, so I've seen (coughs) the gamut of where we were and where we are now. It's just, uh, I I look at it as revolutionary in Mm -hmm. terms of breast cancer treatment.
1: That's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. It's really personalized. I mean, when Uh. we talk about personalized medicine, it really... Breast cancer is one of those areas where we really are. Well, first of all, we breast surgeons are working our way out of a job because we're doing less mm. and less surgery, which is mm. what could be better than that, right, mm-hmm. from what we saw right. when we were in training and early in practice to this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're doing a lot of neoadjuvant therapy, so therapy before uh, surgery. And, you know, although there have not been studies Yet there will be, but there haven't been studies yet showing that getting chemo and other therapies before surgery improves survival. Interestingly, what that does tell us, though, is how your tumor, your specific tumor, reacts to those drugs.
3: Because mm-hmm.
1: just recently, within the past year, there, there have been approval of a number of new drugs, that are second-line therapies Mm -hmm. that um, are all impossible to pronounce and very advertised on TV, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. are um, given to women who have um, disease that when they had surgery, there was residual disease, whether it was triple negative breast cancer or HER2-positive, or when we have whole new families and classes of drugs to use when women get metastatic breast cancer. Mm. When a woman gets breast cancer, you know, we always know, you know, the estrogen and progesterone receptors, and we always look at something called the HER2NU, which is a receptor that some tumor Mm -hmm. cells, they synthesize it like crazy, so it's Sticking out all over the cell, just like the spike proteins on the COVID. We're all familiar Mm -hmm. with what that COVID drawing looks like. Mm -hmm. So Mm it's just like that. And we have drugs that are very specific for that. But then we also do something else, which is called an oncotype. So oncotype um, looks at your tumor cells and it looks at exactly which genes your tumor cells are expressing. Mm
3: -hmm. You get
1: a score and then what is just fantastic is that we can determine whether chemo is going to help you or not based on your score. So we mm. now have women that even have positive axillary lymph nodes. So they've had spread of tumor to the lymph nodes in their armpit, but their oncotype score is low, they don't get chemo.
3: Hmm.
2: Wow.
1: Isn't that Different, wow, big time. yes, big time. And so uh-huh. we are, we are basically, we are just fine tuning, fine tuning, fine tuning the care, and really basing it on each woman's the biology of her tumor, her genetic mutations. Because if you have a BRCA mutation, a BRCA mutation, uh-huh. there's a specific chemotherapy protocol for you versus other women. Uh-huh. So it really is incredibly personalized to you, which is so exciting.
3: Wow. So
2: gone are the days when you just identified a tumor as progesterone or or estrogen receptor positive or negative.
1: In other words, it's gone way beyond that. Way beyond. Those are still, you know, we still use those because... Mm -hmm. Of course, we wouldn't give a woman, you know, anti-hormonal therapy mm-hmm. for five mm-hmm. years afterwards if her hormone receptors weren't positive. But we really, we used to go based on size. If you mm. were premenopausal and your tumor mm. was over two centimeters, you mm-hmm. got adriamycin-based chemotherapy. You got very I remember that. chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, size. Size is one frame of a movie,
3: right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's
1: when you happen to find the tumor. Okay, Mm -hmm. Twiggy versus Dolly Parton. When Mm -hmm. are you going to find those tumors? Mm So we are, you know, this is a case where, amazingly, we don't, we document the size, but the size of a tumor will influence radiation afterwards, but it doesn't influence chemo.
0: And so then for the, for the women, then it's what? Their experience with the treatment is probably way much better, right? Their response? Oh, so, what, so what, much better. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, they really, I mean, the, the number one side effect that my, my patients tell me about chemo is fatigue. The number one. And who's not tired? Oh, wow. you know, we're all tired. But the number one, and it's often like a scheduled fatigue.
3: So mm-hmm. they'll get their
1: mm-hmm. chemo on a Wednesday. And they can't mm-hmm. get off the couch on on Saturday. But if you know you can't, you're not going to be able to get on the couch. You have all your stuff right next to the couch, right? right? And right. and you got your support team ready to go okay. because they're going to have to bring mm. you cups of tea.
3: <laughs> oh, so.
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's that's so good because I think I think too when it comes to women in general, they're so scared to even find out if they have cancer. Um, with the screenings and stuff so they you know kind of don't want to go because of you thinking of all of the bad things that you've heard about going through chemotherapy and stuff you know
2: yeah
1: you
0: know your your hair coming out and all that kind of stuff there's
1: a lot of misinformation yeah these messages are not getting out yeah
2: these Mm -hmm. messages are not getting out because as vicky says i mean a lot of people have that immediate fear and you know, things have come uh, a long way, and uh, and for me, this conversation that we're having today has mm-hmm. just been absolutely fantastic. One one other question, last question on disparities. You hear that young African American women tend to have more triple negative disease, but is that even a term that you would even use today in terms of disparities and uh, young African American women, or maybe even Latinx women? No, I. You know, it's
1: that's. That is just something that comes from a genetic makeup, and there's actually some linkages to women back in Ghana that there's been mm-hmm. a lot of work done. Dr. Lisa Newman, who's in New York, has done, a, a, has done wonderful research on that.
3: Yeah. So
1: yeah. Um, we see more triple negative, or we call it basal-like tumor variants in mm-hmm. African-American women. African-American women actually have less breast cancer, but they do... You know, it is more commonly the triple negative type, which is, so it tends to recur a little more Mm. commonly and quickly Mm. than Mm. hormone positive tumor, Mm. but on the flip side, it melts away with chemo, absolutely Mm. melts away. There are women with HER2 positive and triple negative breast cancer, there are a lot of women who get neoadjuvant chemotherapy, so they get their chemo before surgery. I operate on them within a few weeks afterwards. There's no tumor. It's all Mm. gone. Wow. Mm. So if it's all gone in their breast, Mm -hmm. it is most likely all gone from everywhere in their body. Mm
3: -hmm. So
1: what's more exciting than that? I mean, that's just fantastic. That's. That
0: is great. Mm Big time. Yes. Yes. Wow.
2: Well,
0: well, this is the end of our show because we're (laughs) gonna wrap it up because we can sit here and just learn (laughs) so much, right? I know. I I
2: would just like to take you as a little, you know, a little Dr. Dan around all the churches and all the other places that we've been doing talk Uh, on healthcare disparities and COVID. We need to do this whole thing with breast cancer mm -hmm. because I'm a physician. And, you know, today I'm sitting here and I have learned so much. Mm -hmm. And the way you explain things, you're just like this Pied Piper of you've got to get your screenings, you know, don't be afraid. You need to do this. So
1: this was just fantastic, really. Yes. It's been such a nice, such a nice opportunity. And I just wish women would, would be proactive and take charge. And if there's, you know, if, if there's any question, any doubt, give us a call. Yes. The Breast, let me give you the number of the community at the Comprehensive Breast okay. Care Center. So it's uh-huh. 330-480-2555, and we've got just a wonderful team there that can answer all sorts of questions. And for those women who do have malignancies, we have support groups.
3: Okay. Which are really,
1: really wonderful. We call it Joni Sisters, the Joni Sisters mm. Support Group. So Okay. Yeah.
0: So we have so so tell us the dance. So the Joni Abdu Comprehensive Breast Care Center, their telephone number is
1: three three oh four eight oh two five five five.
0: And if people want to, you know, just get in touch with you, how can they do that?
1: Well, I'm located, my office is in the Joni Abdu Comprehensive Breast Care Center, okay. and I work with two other breast surgeons and a nurse practitioner, so we have a very big practice, Okay. and our phone number is 330-480-5910. All right. I would encourage
2: everybody every year to participate, which I have done for I don't know how many years, even though I can't run as fast as I used to the Panerathon. That's a wonderful, and I think it's just increased. I just ran in or ran walk this past year, and it's, I mean,
1: you you've raised a lot of money, right, um, as a result of that. It's, Sam and Karen Cavelli are two of the most wonderful philanthropists the valley has ever seen and they all the proceeds from the panerathon go to the joni abdu comprehensive breast care center we actually that's how we paid for the mobile digital ah, band. okay okay yeah
3: yeah, yeah.
1: they are absolutely and it is how much fun is that to see all your friends and neighbors mm-hmm. so that's fun, crazy. So so much fun.
0: <laughs> yes 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 and so yeah we appreciate you and yeah thank you <laughs> thank you so welcome, much thank dr. you I
2: really appreciate it thank you thank you ladies it's been a pleasure
0: now this ends our show Dee. do you have some tips that we should think about
2: yeah you know dr gantt was just fabulous today even as a physician you know uh, I, there were a lot of things that she talked about with breast cancer breast cancer treatment and diagnosis that were just great for me um and i think the take-home message is number one don't be afraid. You know you need to go. The, the The pandemic has created a lot of situations in terms of people not taking care of themselves. But certainly with breast disease, go out and get your mammogram. Uh, you know, call your primary care physician, get scheduled for your mammogram. She she emphasized the importance of how treatment has changed today. There's no need to be afraid of all those things that you've heard about with you know certain side effects and so forth of, of the treatment. So. It was just, it was great. She gave us a lot of really good information
0: Mm -hmm. um,
2: about the Joni Abdu Comprehensive Breast Center, which I just find is wonderful with their one-stop, one-shop, one-treatment
3: facility. And
2: so kudos to that organization, and kudos to her for championing getting that here in our city.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And also, I really loved how she made sure that we understand that all of the things yeah. that we talk about when it comes to lifestyle habits, it's still the same for breast health. That means us um, having more of a plant-based diet. If we look at a diet, maybe the Mediterranean, I'll always throw in the DASH diet as well. But taking care of ourselves, eating more um, fruits and vegetables and staying lean on the, the red meat you know, and doing yeah. more of the lean meats and, and that type of thing, the fish and all yeah. that. Yeah. Also exercising. Yeah. Yes. We always, hey, exercise is medicine. I always tell folks that um, exercise is very good for our breast health as well. And she did tell us all of us that love to drink a little bit of red wine that <laughs> that, that alcohol is toxic for our breast health and it we is, need to. Was
2: toxic to breast, right, exactly. So, so we, we gotta to be adhere and, and yes. to that and be mindful of of that.
0: Be mindful of alcohol and our breast health. We also talked about men too now. Men can exactly get breast cancer and need to worry about breast health as well right and so as always folks for more information go to our website vickidofitness.com and remember if you have any questions comments or just something to say tweet us email us go on facebook and share with us your thoughts you've been listening to it's all about health and fitness with dr vicki hayward doe and dr virginia banks bright Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info
3: at vickidofitness.com.